0: Bloody Elbow presents the Level Change Podcast. The combat sports variety show that brings you analysis, fight announcements, and insightful discussion of MMA's biggest headlines. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow. Facebook at facebook.com slash bloody elbow blog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes and Victor Rodriguez.
1: Welcome back, and thank you for listening to episode 281 of the Level Change Podcast. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined, as always, by my amazing co-host, Victor Rodriguez. And today, we'll be taking a look at six fights from UFC 298. And later on in our bonus section, we will be examining Sean Strickland's big week. But first, let's talk to Victor and see how his week has been
2: my week has been busy again i've been working a lot a lot of dad stuff a lot of everything however i did enjoy a nice little film called Saltburn. i don't know Stephanie, if you had a chance to watch it yet. i haven't
1: yet but i've heard it's great
2: it's a lot do not watch it with your parents do not what watch is it, it with your what's kids. it about I'm not. No, I'm. I'm okay. Okay. Um, if I say too much, it'll spoil it, and I don't really want to do spoil that. It, just, just
1: give me a base line of uh, the gist of the film.
2: A bunch of terrible people spending time in a uh, secluded country home in England. It. I'll. I'll leave it at that. There's okay. so much more. There's cool levels of death to it. I loved it. I thought it was. I mean, it, some of it was like this might be too much, but no, I. I loved it.
1: Well, my anniversary is tomorrow on Valentine's Day. Oh. And so we are going to go see Iron Claw finally.
2: Oh, wow. All right.
1: Yeah i was a texas tornado fan way back when i was a kid and so um and it's so funny because at the time you know i'd never been to texas but my dad loved them so Mm. anyways i i've been holding out to watch that and uh you know we decided that that's what we're gonna do we're gonna go and eat and check out a movie so that's my big plans for my anniversary tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) Which is, for the listeners, it will be today, Valentine's Day. That's my anniversary.
2: (laughs) That's so so cool.
1: So anyways, we have a decent card this week uh, with UFC uh, 298. Now, the thing is, though, is the card is very top-heavy. All the good stuff is basically concentrated in the main card. And, uh, you know, obviously the featured prelim is pretty damn good, too. Now, I'm not going to say that the the rest of the fights are terrible, but they don't do anything for me. Victor, do you see any fight on that undercard that uh, says to you, I must watch it?
2: uh listen i gotta give you the uh the caveat that i always give out i don't watch this stuff live i i don't really suggest you anybody do so live either if you live on the east coast however josh quinlan is fun so that'll be worth checking out i'm sure uh justin toffa can sometimes put in a fun performance but it's again heavyweight that means you're you're flipping a coin and um coin flips are not always going to go in your favor when it comes to this sort of thing it's more like roulette Uh, so just just say that there's there's some good talent here rinya nakamura is very very good i'm very excited to see him against carlos vera so that's probably where i'd keep it at but do you know who carlos
1: vera is what's that but do you know who carlos vera is because i don't well here's
2: the thing like i'm very into it so yes he was on The Ultimate Fighter. He was one of those guys who fought in the Texas circuit. Yeah, I mean, I know who he is, but I don't expect anybody else to be excited.
1: Because, listen, he was on The Ultimate Fighter, but he got he got booted by Brad Katona. Brad Katona yeah. beat him. So, I yeah. mean, he only had the one fight on The Ultimate Fighter. Yeah, Everything and, and- else has been in theory or atlas- fights or bayou fc or shogun fights i mean this guy is the very definition of a regional fighter and nobody on his uh uh his list of uh schedule here his his schedule nobody not a single soul is anybody that we know not a single one
2: that's true. But look, the best you can say is that the Brad Katona loss isn't the worst kind of loss because Katona went on to win. But what I'm saying is that the reason that's a fight to watch is because of Nakamura more than Vera.
1: For sure.
2: For sure. That's right. all I'm saying.
1: But it's one of those those fights where, wow, talk about a showcase fight for Rinya Nakamura. Does he even need a showcase fight? Because the dude is unbeaten. So why do we need to give him fights like that on uh, a pay-per-view?
2: You know what? I kind of like there are moments there are certain fighters that are young and coming up in the game that I'm not too mad at when they slow roll them a bit because the UFC doesn't do proper prospect development as they ought to, especially if they're bringing guys in so early in their career. So this is one of those cases where I don't mind it too much. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, this is we've a talent that's this good.
1: Renya, who has two fights, two wins already, why are we slow rolling him then? If he's unbeaten and he has two fights already, one against Fernie Garcia who fought last week. I mean, he's got two wins in the UFC already, and he's uh, he was you know undefeated in the road to UFC. So he has all of that already. Why are they slow rolling him with a guy coming off a loss?
2: I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's, my don't know. Okay
1: That's my point about the undercard. That's my point. Not yeah. that Renya Nakamura should not be watched. He absolutely should. I'm right. questioning the matchmaking here. And that's my problem lately. Matchmaking has been shit lately. Absolute no. shit.
2: No. What? No. You know what? Listen, <laughs> I feel terrible. This is going to be released on Valentine's Day, and this is the gift you choose to give to yeah. Mick Maynard? Yeah. This is what you choose to do? That man has... Listen, that man has feelings. You understand me? You can't be out here <laughs> saying this all gingerly like that. That's You know what? You should be ashamed of yourself.
1: I am not ashamed at all, people. Okay. You should be mad at the matchmaking. You really should because they're just giving you whatever slops are left over. Who the hell is Brind Brinson? Riviero, who is Ming Yang Zhang? These are people on a pay-per-view that you are going to spend $86 and change after taxes. Yes, I know that there's a $10 discount, but you must buy your pay-per-view well in advance to get that $10 discount. <laughs> that window and the closed.
2: Fact, it was, you had to buy it by the 12th, I think.
1: Yeah, and the fact that they're offering you a discount tells me something else, too. That they're not giving you a one hundred percent full quality product. That's how I'm feeling right now. Who is Danny Barlow? Who is Oban Elliott? You see what I'm saying? These are people on a pay-per-view that you're not only buying that $86 and change pay-per-view, you're also spending the money on your monthly subscription to ESPN. Remember, we are paywall within a paywall. Mm. That's Mm -hmm. what you're paying for here, people. Wake up. Now, (laughs) to get to the better fights on the card, which is the only ones we selected... You got to go through all of that mess. And and you know what? It could absolutely turn out to be gangbusters fights. They frequently do. But where is the goddamn hook to bring new viewers in? Because I'm telling you, Mackenzie Dern and Amanda Limos are great, but they're not enough to bring in new viewers as a feature prelim for a pay-per-view. When the rest of your undercard looks like that. Andrea Lee and Miranda Maverick to get the card started. You want to talk about a boring fight that's going to happen right there? (laughs) I would have put Amanda Lee motion, Mackenzie Dern in the opening spot to kick off the card and found something else to put in that uh, feature prelim. I mean, there's only 12 fights only 12 fights. I don't, fights.
2: Know. I don't so, know that that one specifically is going to be boring. I don't have much faith Oh, I don't in...
1: think Ma- Amanda Lee motion, Mackenzie Dern will be boring. I think no, Andrea I Lee one. and Miranda Maverick will be.
2: That's what I'm saying. I don't I don't know that that one... Miranda's... She's tuned in some pretty decent performances. Um, I don't know.
1: She's a wrestle-heavy girl. Mm-hmm. Andrea Lee has turned into, I don't even know what, because I feel like she's hit her ceiling and is yeah. on, on the decline now.
2: She fell off real hard. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, I mean, that the, the the performances she turns in seems like um, survival mode. So I don't feel like we're going to get a good fight there. Could we? Sure. But in my mind, going in after their their last few performances... I don't know. I see this thing going off as boring. Maybe Renya Nakamura versus Carlos Vera should have been the curtain jerker. That would have been all right for me. Yep. I would have been absolutely fine if we had put um, Renya Nakamura up there in the feature prelim spot and let Amanda and McKenzie open the card. Not that they're bad, but that you need something gangbusters to open a pay-per-view, right?
2: you should ideally yeah Yeah, i I mean really care about pacing
1: for for especially for those people that are already sitting there give them something juicy to bite into since they spent a fortune on their tickets for those people that have bought the pay-per-view gone through the double pay the double paywall give them something to sink their teeth into for the first fight
2: but they already do We already do. No, they give them power slap. Remember, they're piggybacking power slap. You're telling me (laughs) you don't want to see Man of the Mountain... Taking on, I don't know, <laughs> random Colorado guy, Pig Face, or uh, what's what's the other guy's name? Remember him? Hobble Horse. He's got one testicle larger than the other. That's why he's got a limp, and they call him Hobble Horse. He doesn't have a legal government name. He doesn't even have a social security number, but he is a star. And just you wait, Steffi Haynes. you talking all that shit now. The joke's going to be on you five years and now. This thing eclipses FIFA.
1: I tell you what, Plumber Butt will be taking on Pig Face. And I'll be right there to watch. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) All right, enough jokes. Let's go ahead and look at the feature prelim, which is Amanda Lemos versus Mackenzie Dern. An absolutely great fight. Full stop. I love this fight. I think it's going to be gangbusters. I had a hard time for a moment, a brief moment, maybe three seconds And then I said, nah, there's no way I'm picking McKinsey. Dern here. Amanda Lemos, as Victor put it when we were discussing this before we went on air, she built different. And you are right. So I'm going to let you take it away and break this one down, and then I will contribute to your very sage advice.
2: My problem with this fight is that Amanda Limos comes in with a chip on her shoulder. She hits hard. She's able to kind of hit the ground running, you know, doesn't doesn't start off slow. Whereas Dern, her striking is still a little bit clunky and she's got distance management problems. Sometimes her timing can be a bit off. I just I don't know when you're dealing with somebody, when you're gambling in a fight against someone who can hit that hard and can start off at a quicker pace. You're already behind the eight ball. I don't really like that for her. So uh, I, I, Limos is not a slouch in the grappling department. She can defend takedowns effectively, especially when you're dealing with someone who doesn't really have as defined a wrestling game uh, and who mostly operates with trip takedowns, upper body locks, and stuff like that. Now she has been training. Mackenzie Dern has been training with Henry Cejudo. And she's been putting in a lot of time and grinding in the gym. Maybe things will change. Maybe she's got more tricks up her sleeve to get things to more. Like, you know, kind of like what Damian Maya did. And I'm not saying that they're on the same level in terms of skill or or capacity or anything like that. But we saw how Damian wasn't just a quote unquote jiu jitsu guy. He started implementing all aspects of grappling to become a complete smother threat and then a finishing machine. So. I, fingers crossed, she could do something like that and and throw everything off. But right now, I think I trust Amanda more. So I'm going to go hard.
1: Uh, as our Mookie and I, I want to talk a little bit about this because Mackenzie Dern, man, she doesn't listen. You know, you mentioned that she was out there with Henry Cejudo, but she doesn't listen. How many camps did she do with Jason Perillo? And Did we see any great strides or advances in her striking? This is no knock on Perillo's training because he refined Chris Cyborg striking like nobody's business. I and love
2: Rockhold too, and,
1: and Rockhold, and and Bisping. You know, there's yeah. so many people out there that benefited from his excellent, excellent coaching. But Mackenzie Dern wasn't one of those people because Mackenzie Dern, when she's in the thick of it, abandons everything she learns. It looks like she swings wild. She goes and nuts. And I think that, I won't say she's uncoachable, because it's clear that she's trying, but she abandons it under pressure. And that's a problem, in my opinion. You know, she's not some fresh-faced baby anymore either. She's got multiple, many, many fights under her belt inside the UFC. And I haven't seen great strides from her. I haven't seen full-on progression from her either. It's like throwing a dart, picking one of her fights. You never know. She is a classic gict, a girl I can't trust. I can't trust her to... Like, for instance, I have no problem picking Amanda. I don't have any qualms whatsoever. Nothing. As soon as I saw that fight, Amanda. You know what I'm saying? But I, I can't look at any of Mackenzie Dern's fights, even when she's fighting down. I can't look at her fights and say 100%, it's Mackenzie. Bing, bang, boom. I can't do that. And so, of course, I'm going to pick Amanda here. Also, Amanda fights in the phone booth, and McKinsey doesn't do well in that department. Amanda likes to get you in close, swing over the top, run those knees up the middle, sh- do those leg trips. I mean, she fights in a phone booth, and McKinsey Dern does terrible in a phone booth. She needs you in her range so she can swing wild, but when you get her up close, she doesn't know how to swing over the top. So, anyways, I like Amanda Lemos here. Mookie does as well. We are getting into the main card now. Anthony Fluffy Hernandez against Roman Kapilov. A rare middleweight fight that I actually love. This is a great middleweight fight.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm going to let you take the lead again, sir.
2: I'm going to go with Kapilov because of his shot selection and his versatility on the feet but fluffy can do a lot man he can strike he can grapple his jujitsu game is very strong it leads to really smart transitions and then the submission game kapalov just seems to be a more well-rounded grappler overall i feel like he's got more of the control aspect down and he's much more adept at finding vulnerabilities a little quicker and working from there um I'm probably I know I'm going to regret this. Like, I really see a very, very solid chance for Fluffy winning. But I'm going to go Kapilov on this.
1: I am also going to go Kapilov, mainly because of his striking more than anything else and his durability. That dude can take a licking and keep on ticking. Um, But he's also gotten so much better. Yeah. I mean, every single fight, you can see progression with him like he's learning from everything he's done in the past. I like that. I love Anthony Hernandez. And uh, as you said, that grappling is legit. I would give him the advantage on that side. But I think Roman's striking is going to be the difference here. So I am also taking Roman Kopilov. Mookie is going to take Fluffy here. Okay. Next up, we're going to Marab Devalishvili versus Henry Suhudo. Victor, take it away.
2: Oh boy, Merab. I'm going to go with Merab because the man can wrestle, the man can strike. Henry can too. Henry can crack. Henry's crafty. He's got the MMA metagame down pat, but you got a power wrestler that he's not going to be able to get away with doing all this other funny stuff with. So, um, when I look at that and I look at the strength component, the fact that Henry seems to have fallen off quite a bit, which is understandable given the layoff and everything that he had, but, um, he gave Sterling a hell of a fight. I still think that he clearly lost it, but that was a very good performance on his part. I just don't know where he's at now and I can't trust him. So I'm going to go with Mirab.
1: Indeed, I am also going with Mirab. Uh there's a 4 year age difference and I think that matters yeah. simply because Henry had an entire Olympic career for a long time mm. before the UFC before All of the because he was in another organization before the UFC. But the point I'm making is, is, he's been in this for more than 20 years. You know, he has been a combat athlete for more than 20 years. And during his wrestling years, he struggled mightily with his weight. All those weight cuts and all of those extreme practices and blah, blah, blah. I just feel that that has contributed to henry's you know long fighting career and you have to look at it that way people that just go back to his mma fights you need to go back farther because he he's been putting his body through it for a long time mm-hmm. he's a lot 30 of grind. he's 37 years old he took a three-year break a three-year mm. break Remember that. He wasted three of his primest years. He's had surgery on his shoulder. I mean, I just feel like all the cards are stacked against Henry Cejudo, despite the fact he might have the power edge here. But remember, Merab de Valishvili is a power pellet. Endless cardio, and he's incredibly durable. He can take a punch. I don't think Henry Cejudo's power is going to be the difference maker here. I think it's going to be Merob's energy level his and his durability. He just keeps coming on. That's the thing. Henry Cejudo is going to be so tired at the end of this fight. I am taking Merob. Mookie is taking Merob. I feel like there's a Really no choice here, but Mera. but
2: that's you know. the safest bet you can. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right. Next up, we get to Jeff Neal versus Ian Machado Gary. Take it away, Victor.
2: Oh, boy. I'm going to go with uh, Machado Gary. Ian is he's got the length. He's got the power. He just has a lot of skill. And like we were talking about a little bit off air prior to this, a little peek behind the curtain for you folks. You know, I really think that it's got a lot of the hate that Ian gets is the fact that we have to admit he can come across as a little annoying. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be personally dismissive or offending him in any capacity. It's just you look at the way people react to the way he moves, they don't like him too much. And it's got nothing to do with his fighting, which is a shame because it eclipses his talent when Mm -hmm. he fights. And I really think that he deserves a fairer shake than that. Jeff Neal, good opponent capable opponent, very strong. He's got his wrestle boxing game down too. But Ian just seems like he's got more weapons, mixing his kicks, neutralizing the takedowns, working from top position very smartly to not only keep striking when he's on top, but being able to advance and improve position to do even more damage up top. That's going to add up. So I'm going to go with him.
1: The only problem here that I see for Ian Gary is that There is a button on his chin because Song Kanan found it and dropped his ass. Now, he ended up winning that fight, Ian Gary, but Jeff Neal hits harder than Song Kanan. When it lands just right, it doesn't just turn off the lights. It turns off the entire power plant. That's the (laughs) only thing here that I see that, you know... There's a crack in the armor, so to speak, is there is a button on his chin. And if Jeff Neal finds that button, I don't think Ian Gary's getting up. But I'm picking Ian Gary because I feel like the momentum is with him in that he's uh, younger. He's he fights a little smarter, too. I feel like he understands uh, MMA fighting a little bit better. Um he knows when to pull back when when to pour it on he seems to understand how to fight mma really really well so i'm going to take ian machado gary mookie is also taking ian machado gary and and the big thing with ian too is i think part of understanding mma is he understands distance really well yeah that's the key for him is his distance management all right we get to the co-main event and man i don't like this fight i don't i don't i don't because uh, it's a great middleweight fight don't get me wrong i don't like it for personal reasons because i'm such a fan of robert whitaker and i'm really worried for him because paulo costa even though he's been away for a long time he hits fucking hard and one punch lands. Robert Whitaker's chin is very sus right now. Come on. But I'm going to pick him. Because <laughs> as Victor told me earlier, he just fights smarter. So, Victor, you take it from here now.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I said what I said, and I stand on business. Look, <laughs> you're going to trust on the guy who has been consistent with his skill and ability a guy who figures opponents out even when he's in the heat of battle like we saw the cannon fight you know he was he was taking that work man he was giving it but he was taking it too but what happened in ground three he figured it out if he could solve that puzzle if he could solve the riddle that was israel adesanya in that second fight to make it a far more tight and contested fight to almost take it after being knocked out uh, that's a guy who adjusts. That's a guy who thinks. That's a guy who really studies his opponent and knows what he's doing. And I have to trust a guy like that against someone who against Adesanya. And I know MMA math. I get it. Fine, but like seriously, if we, we sometimes you have to use certain fights and fighters as a yardstick because if you look at Adesanya, what do they have in common? Adesanya immediately showed how Casa can run out of weapons and options very very quickly. Mm-hmm. And Whitaker is very, very keenly aware of that fact. So, I mean, how do you pick against him? Do not let the fact that Drick has figured him out and knocked him out. Don't let that sway you. That just means that Drick has got him that day because Drick has prepared better, trained better, fought better. And props to him. That's not saying that there was any kind of fluke or anything like that. Everybody can get got. And it was his turn. But in this case, man, come on, man. paulo has been fluky. paulo has been out there. Is he going to make weight or is he going to shit the bed like he did last time? Uh, the, not last time, but uh, he, with the way he did against Vittori. Could, do you trust this man? I don't. I cannot. And yeah. therefore, I'm going with Bobby Knuckles.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, and Mookie is uh, going with... Who, who is Mookie going with? Let me see here. Mookie is going with Whitaker as well. So then we get to the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Ilya Tupuria. Now let's let's look at the facts first. We have Alex Volkanovsky, who is 35. He will be 36 in September, so he's 35. We've got a long way before he's 36. Uh, let's take a look at Ilya Tupuria. Ilya Tupuria is 27. Wow, so. We've got an eight-year difference here. And, man, Ilya's unbeaten. His last fight, Josh Emmett, before that Bryce Mitchell, before that Jai Herbert, before that Ryan Hall, before that Damon Jackson, before that Yusuf Zalal. There is nothing wrong with this man's report card at all. Tough guys, grapplers, strikers, He has dispensed with them all. He has incredible cardio. He is incredibly durable. He hits like a truck. He can grapple. I don't know. I just think that maybe Alex might have had a little bit too much over the past two years. Fighting up. Fighting quickly, too, letting them talk him into quickly making that turnaround. I don't know. <clears throat> I'm going to take Ilya to Puria. Victor, tell us how you see this fight going.
2: I think Ilya is going to put on a tremendous performance, but again, experience should be able to beat all. I really do think that Bolkanovsky still has it. Um, I'm not going to let a short notice knockout loss against a lightweight champion uh, color my perception of what this man can still do at featherweight. And I don't know that Ilya does too many things that Volkanovski hasn't seen before, or that him and Behrman and the rest of the crew haven't been able to prepare for yet. So I'm really curious to see how that part of it all shakes out. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I expect fireworks. I still think Volkanovski has it, Yes, there is a very, very strong chance that Taboria takes it home. Do not get me wrong. This man is not someone you want to count out. But, um, yeah, I think Volko takes it.
1: All right. And Mookie also thinks Volkanovsky will take it. And that is going to wrap up the free portion of this show if you are a subscriber please stick around we have some bonus content where we are going to take a look at sean strickland's big week last week holy crap the man was everywhere so stick around we'll be right back to access the bonus content of this show you must be a paid subscriber to do that Go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcasts and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA tete tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey, Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection Main Card and Prelims UFC Preview Shows, the Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, the Show Money Podcast, and the MMA Depressed Us.